amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You know, I sang at the wedding, trying to ban all those plaques. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans, are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode. Storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, <laughs> Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. This thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions, live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we are live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show, back live. It is awesome to be back live with Charles and Larry. Larry, where are you in the world right now? We are on location in La Quinta, California, which is a desert city uh, southeast of Palm Springs. It's surrounded by the Santa Rosa Mountains, and it's uh, lovely out here. Uh, you can see Chuck sitting by the jacuzzi over there doing his uh, thing over there, and I'm over here, and it's uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. We just, you know... We don't have enough relaxation, so we, we're trying to get more relaxation. And Chuck, of course, came off a big wedding weekend, and so he's unwinding. Him and his wife, Karen, who we all know as KGR, Karen Rosen, are unwinding here, which is great fun for Dee and I, my wife. Uh, amazing. Chuck, how are you doing? Uh, how's everything out there? This is a trip for you. You've had a lot going on. I want to say before you start, Rebecca Shin says, Charles exclamation point we missed you exclamation points lots of exclamation points so uh you've you've been distracted you've had a couple of things going on yes well sure we moved the we moved the daughter up to san francisco and the son who had proposed to his bride and now bride and mother of his child three and a half years ago they had a very very in one sense, le- elegant, and the other sense, intimate uh, uh, and and large uh, wedding party. That everybody there was was safe and vaxxed, and great music, great people, and um, I got to say a few words, and I made them laugh, so that made me feel good. And uh, people told me they liked it, so that you know that was all good. And now I'm here in the desert, and. You know, I mean, I, I got Larry into this. You know, I mean, where's the horse with no name? I, I, I had heard about it. I knew there was one somewhere here. And, you know, I mean, we'll get into it when we'll get into it. But, I mean, that's been a big part of this. I mean, well, I, I think it's a good time just to throw the first one up because Chuck is very concerned. He, he remembered the America song, Horse With No Name. My brother, Fred Mall, actually produced America, uh, versions of that. Uh, but, before uh, we get to, before we get to that, I wanted to, I want to talk about this thing, and I, I have a friend who's going to join us real quick. This is Jessica Shaw. You guys all know <laughs> Jessica Shaw. 
but we were talking before we came on air here about Entertainment Hi, Weekly. Hi, guys. Uh, the end of print at Entertainment Hi, Weekly Jess. we're hearing about. So, you know, Jessica Shoff, Charles, you have a relationship with them uh, for a long time. And I thought, well, why not? This is the perfect location for Jessica to be with her 90210 uh, loves here and talk about what's going on about with with Entertainment Weekly. I know I'm li I'm heartbroken. I literally was just sitting in my at my kitchen table crying because I feel like it's such the it's such an end of an era for for so many people. And, and I so Entertainment Weekly they have decided to close the magazine. EW.com will still exist, but um, I'm just. I mean, I haven't been there in years, but I'm heartbroken for all of the talented people who are there. Um, some dear friends who lost their jobs, and 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 just the magazine was, you know, it was it was really lovely reading a lot of a lot of tweets on the, you know, on, on Twitter and on Instagram, people posting on social media about how influential EW was and how they wouldn't be doing what they're doing today were it not for EW. Um, and I like for me, 90210 is almost the flip of that. It's like EW maybe wouldn't have been EW without shows that we were so obsessed with and so passionate about and so just dug into and loved writing about them over and over and over. And for me, 90210 was one of those shows we all had our like shows that we were all in on and we were super passionate about whether you know it was Buffy or Star Trek or whatever it was and mine and and there were a bunch of other writers too and 90210 was that for us so I always feel like those two are linked in my mind well, there was a writer named Dan I, I remember because I can't think of his last name Pearson remember Dan, Dan no not Pearson he was uh, from the uh, Hebraic tribe um Snearson because he Snearson. Still, uh, because he, uh, you know, I mean, they would call us obviously a, a lot of times the Entertainment Weekly. You would have a, you know, after Chuck left, I would get calls from them, and I continue to get calls from them all the way to the last episode to comment on. So yeah, God bless them. Uh, they're at least in digital form. Maybe that's just the way it is. Well, we we had a I, my heart breaks, but whatever. I was yeah, I'm well, a novelist, so what well, do I, I know? You know, it's all print. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, just you. Well, print or no print, and we still always have the memories of what we had together. And, and certainly Jessica was really one of those first fans in New York that really caught on to the show. So that later, I, when I remember doing a podcast here and finding out that you went to Columbia, <laughs> you mean when the library was empty because people were watching our show? That was always yeah. the standard, and there you were. But the, the magazine itself, you know, it was funny because... You know, Mr. Spelling was, and, and, and Paul Wagner even, uh, who were really much closer to the cast, so sensitive on all of the, the ways that our image was being portrayed. And, and after a while, after, you know, not you, Jess, they were, you know, some came into the show and they were looking for snark. Sometimes Magazine was that, sometimes another publication was that. So I kept always wondering, why are you just doing this? You know, unless unless you some perverse reason you really like to all the <laughs> Yes, that's sort of spelling called you gotta like agitation a little you know? yeah. yeah. But I'm sorry too, you know, and it was a very important and I also was thinking about 
I also was just thinking about really quickly the ads, the original ads. There's going to be sections on movies and this, and they, they ran it kind of late night. Remember, like with in, around the Carson show and things like that? That's where they Yeah. And it's so, like, like so, yeah, like pop culture unnecessary, but it was just the start of something that boomed so big, obviously. Yeah, it and I think it's, its, it's, it's just another example, you know, if you think about what what begets something else you know if you look at there there is not a teen show on this planet a high school show that exists without what what you guys did um and and it, and likewise i think entertainment journalism was certainly changed uh because of what what a lot of the talented people at ew did you know what while we're on this there was a todd our mm -hmm. editor in texas uh sent us uh, an article today. It was an excerpt from a book by uh, Chuck Klosterman about uh, 90s culture, as I remember. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, I, to paraphrase it, and Chuck, help me here, is that we were the only show that portrayed entitled kind of wealthy people as positive. We were not the scumbags. And with the outsiders were the kind of the, the downtrodden and the lowly of the school. Because in the 90s, it was always the outsiders and this and that. But we, we broke that mold. Yes. Claim it, Beverly Hills. Well, Jessica, I just wanted to have you on. I know this is so important to you. And, you know, we were, I was thinking of you all day when I read that. So uh, thank you. You're doing OK? I guess I, I'm do I'm I'm doing OK. It's, you know, as with everything, it's the end of an era. Things things change, things evolve and in all industries. And I'm just I'm glad to be able to mark to market that it was a meaningful thing. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Before you leave, we're talking about the episode Sweating It Out today. Do you remember this episode? This is where Brandon and Dylan uh, go on a motorcycle ride oh, together. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like sweating it out. I don't know any of the titles, they, but like, give me like three seconds of what happens. I'm like, yeah, of course I know. <laughs> yeah, All right, Jessica, thank, thank, you for, uh, thank you yeah. for stopping by here tonight. It was good to see you, Jessica. Thank you guys so much. It's great to see you, see you all. Later, all right. See you again Bye. soon. Bye. Bye, Jessica. Okay. Now let's get back to what you were talking about here. The, the horse with no name. You guys have been oh, out so and about. Flustered. I don't even know what I can say about it yet. All right, here's the first clip of some of the things you guys have been doing today. There's some video here. Here we are, Pete. There's Chuck here. We're out there. You know, we, we haven't left for the uh, for the camping trip yet with the boys. Uh, going up on the wilds of the mountain. Going up to the mountaintop. Oh, yeah. Mount Whitney, of all places. Never heard of it. Do you know it, Chuck? Mount Whitney? Whitney. That's where the boys go in their, in their motorcycle trip. Yeah. All right. That's the first clip, right? That's right, Larry. That was the first clip. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was the first clip. I'm. Are you settling in? Here. I'm <laughs> settling in. I'm settling in, but I was worried about losing power before we go inside. But uh, I'm all right. I, I have some responsibility with this camera. All right, let's start talking about this episode, uh, Sweating It Out. This is a season five episode. Um, before this happens, um, I was just looking it up earlier. Well, after this is hazardous to your health, health before this wow. is sentenced to life, which, of course, is the episode uh, where uh, Milton Berle is, and we'll cover one day, I'm sure, with, with our friend Jessica Klein, hopefully. Um, 
so this is where we are in the world in the in the state of the episodes. Uh, talk to me about this idea that Brandon and Dylan are going to go on this motorcycle trip. Larry, in the Patreon, you revealed maybe where it came from. Oh, well, I mean, the, the motorcycle thing uh, at the time uh, was very a Steve Washington thing. But, I mean, you know, we were looking for the kind of a bonding buddy experience. And uh, I, 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 I'm not positive, but I know, uh, I'm not sure exactly where the, the motorcycle thing, but I think we can say that Steve might have had a good hand in that because he was a writer at that point. Okay. And Chuck, what about for you? What are, you where, what are your memories of that, of where it came from? Well, it was really kind of the, the beginning of the male triangle, and that was the point of it. And the guys were – Jason was the guy. They both were, were motorcycles. They both were – this was their culture. You see them in the show pulling away, not, a, not a riding on the freeways. Those were stunt doubles, but – you know, up in the um, up in some of the mountain trails, but on some of the roads, it was dead them. They were, you know, bike riders, and so just as you know, as we said, you know, when we did the western and we got them on horses because they love horses, you know, they want motorcycles or ice skates. You know, that was part of the fun. We would put our characters through things that the actors like to do, and the sweat lodge part was a was a twofold uh, situation. One. I knew about the sweat lodges because of Crossroads School was kind of known for taking their kids in it. And I remember reading about it. And then Chip comes and he, you know, we've talked about that. The Chip would come in with Day of the Dead or, or, or this one here, the, you know. The, Odd the, festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, to, to set the shows around. And so that was, um, you know, he came in and thought this would be, you know, a really interesting thing to do. He had done some research. He used to live in a, not that far from you, um, Pete, in Mount Washington. And there's okay. a Indian museum there. Um, we, as a kid, uh, in that, growing up in L.A., in the 50s, we used to actually go to um, field trips to that museum. And it's called the Southwest Indian Museum. And uh, anyway, he went did some research there. And uh, we, um, you know, decided to recreate it and put it in script without really realizing that it's kind of a holy sacrament for um, Indian nation. So it was a kind of... I guess we we, appropriated the culture. Yeah, we did a cultural appropriation, which we'd probably get spanked for. Oh, Um, now, yeah, for sure. Especially because the actor, our poor, our friend who unfortunately just passed, uh, such a nice actor. Larry Sellers was was the chief here in this episode. Yeah, he was in Dr. Quinn as a regular. And for us, right. he came in he very friendly, got, clearly had the part immediately. There was no, you know, it was just, just perfect for the role and understood what we were doing. And he was a, um, he was a Cherokee, but he was part, uh, but his, his connection to Sue had to come out because this is a nation take for this and the cultural operation that uh, Larry was talking about really goes back to that so we had to do yeah. a little bit of an adjustment and yeah, I uh, we had to make a little bit of a donation stuff we and there we do. were yep i think you yeah that's right i remember yeah that. make a donation pay 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 <laughs> pay to pay so that's how that how that sort of resolves itself in that world at that time that was what was going yeah. on backstage for um, you know the weeks leading up to yeah. production on this one. 
but Chuck, you know, it, you know, he said upon the triangle thing because again, we we're we're off the uh, you know the fire where, where Kelly, you know, and Brandon are item, but she he's broken the trust because he wasn't there that night. And, and he's with Emily on the outside there, and and you know he he wants her too. And uh, when you look at the episode before the boys leave for the uh, motorcycle trip, trip, the I mean, there's a lingering shot with uh, Kelly Taylor uh, on the stairway of the Walsh house and Dylan in the doorway and. You know, we kind of double cut it and, you know, we kind of say, hey, yeah, he's still got feelings here. And it really, uh, you know, we really got a chance to kind of set the guys apart from each other, get them get them at each other uh, to, to bond them further, you know, which is what's beautiful about the episode. And other things that are happening in this episode as we dive into all of these things is we see the debut of Alan Toy as Professor Finley. Um, and it's set up beautifully as, um, you know, as you said, the, the guys are away and, um, Kelly's vulnerable from the fire, and why don't you talk to me a little bit about setting that up, Larry? Well, I mean, we knew we had this big arc we were going to do, you know, because again, this is what happens in uh, in colleges. People are, are vulnerable, you know, to new ideas or whatever. And, uh, you know, again, it was going to, it was a fairly long episode arc. I think it probably went through about six episodes. Um, I should know that, I guess. But I I, I think, uh, you know, Chip Johansson kind of had the first uh, hand through this and really was the architect of lots of the uh, of the language and the kind of the sensibility. I mean, we, you know, and, you know, we kind of just really wanted to make a charismatic professor. And Paul Wagner, I think, really uh, liked the idea of having a disabled actor. He was always pushing the boundaries for accessibility for actors. And uh, we were lucky to be able to get Alan Toy. I don't remember him reading. Do you remember him reading, Chuck? Or was it an offer only? Chuck? No, he was in that. You know, we went with Paul on that. Paul was a, yeah. Paul was an executive exactly. producer at that point, and he uh, he knew this would work, and I'm at him, so we're going. Yeah, and, and we were honored for this too at a uh, at an access award thing. We heard that somewhere, right? Yeah. And we also yeah, found no, that I went to a dinner and stuff, and got a plaque or something. Well, this was our you second know, I mean? year because the year before we were honored. And when they found out that we didn't use a disabled actor, they took the honor yeah, away we from us. Oh, that you know, was I thought we were being honored for our spot. content yeah. of our. Uh, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and, you know, they had to, they had to atone. Atone. The other thing is Jason directs this episode. So, yeah. there, so there's that element as well. It, and um, the other thing happening is that uh, Jamie Walters debuts at the After Dark, right? After, uh, yeah, he gets over his stage fright, which uh, Donna Donna cures with the uh, speech from Vince Lombardi. It's kind of really a non sequitur for the show, but it, it kind of uh, charmingly works because it's, it's so dumb that uh, he actually uh, wins, wins him over with that by telling him he's Paul Horning and he's the best at what he does, and it's hilarious. And that was pure Steve Wasserman, that particular part. And the other thing happening is that Steve is not allowed to participate in anything to do with um, this this uh, After Dark because of what happened with him and Rush. So we're seeing a bunch of Rush as well. Yes. Uh, it's great scenes between the, the father-son. Now I'm hearing you as an echo, just to let you know, Larry. I know. I, I need to charge in because I only have. Yeah, because he left. came into my. He invaded my. I, space. I don't know why. I, I don't no know why chunk. he's in your space. I, he's all he over the place. The legs of the swimming pool. Came over. Here. 
I need I need to tape you. I'm worried I'm not gonna have any uh, juice to juice to do the bit. He's oh, he's, oh it's okay. It's, it's okay. 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 So you go over there right now. I'm going back over here now. But do you understand right. what's happening is that we set this whole thing up prior to everybody was going to sit in the places they were going to sit. And then Larry just totally broke the, the fourth wall and just changed well, changed directions and everything. Well, he changed the whole thing. Guys, <laughs> let's remember that Bluetooth burns off more battery life than wired headsets. OK, that's right. It's very simple. It's the ideal gas law, just like deflate gate, which is oh, now we course. all know deflate gate was not an issue. That's Patriots did not cheat. Super apparently. Bowl week, we should mention that. We should mention it is that. Super Bowl, Super Super Bowl week, right? This is this is coming up. Well, and it's here in LA. Not so. about that. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right, because she knows some. Well, I don't oh, know if that's I should. So exciting, Pete. <laughs> All right, let's You're let's going talk to about the game, right? I'm not going to the game. No, mm -mm. no, mm -mm. You're not. No, no, no one. Okay. okay. All right. Let me ask you on this. The ticket, I didn't think you would. No, nah, not my not my thing. I'm good watching it at home. You know, I'm I'm good on that. All right. So the, the guys are really great in this. Jason and, and Luke are the, the 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 stuff that's happening here and the dialogue between them on the motor. You know, they're getting into a lot of tension. Right. There's a lot of things coming up from the past and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, talk to me. And, and Chip wrote this. You said, but I'm sure you guys are involved in a lot of this. Um, you know, we just watched it on Patreon. So what were your thoughts on uh, watching the two of them sort of, you know, uh, go through their history of problems and whatnot? Um, well, uh, well, first of all, I thought Luke looked great in his uh, motorcycle jacket. We should just mention that. He looked, uh, he had the real uh, Mar Marlon Brando Wild One uh, motorcycle jacket, which I thought was particularly wonderful. Uh, no, I, I thought, you know, this is what happens on a trip. I mean, Luke was pressing the lead. So he and Brandon had to always be behind him on the trip, you know, the way it was written, which kind of really sucks. I mean, Luke was being a jerk. And uh, Brandon was just trying to go along with him. And then, you know, it was just going to become about Kelly. It's part of the triangle stuff. And it's what we had to do at that point to really kind of take them down, discuss it with each other. And the, the, Indian, uh, the, uh, the Indian police uh, men played by Larry Sellers, he senses the tension between them, and that's why, I mean, you, you, you have to sense it. He knows what he's doing when he sets him on this task where only one guy is going to dig and the other one's going to supervise. So, right. so it's all very uh, very cool the way it's set up, and it's a well-told story at that point. Yes. Um, and we, we mentioned our friend, uh, or, or the, the uh, was Larry Sellers was his name, you said? Yes. And he had passed away. I mean, uh, you know, that's... So his performance here is really great. Yeah, I mean, it's classic. Everyone repeats it. Uh, the side's perfect. There's a bottom flat. You know, he just does the whole thing. And Chuck says there's a reference to that from a movie, though. What was that movie, Chuck? Karate Kid, kind of. Didn't they do the oh. same thing? Flax on, wax off. Isn't it the same basic premise? Or I don't not? know. That's right. It is. You, you've never seen Karate Kid, Larry? Never seen it, no. Oh, oh my God! It's a classic. It's a classic. I don't know. If I would have known that, Larry, I don't know if you could have come on to the show. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> the, uh, is, you know, one of the basics. Have you ever heard of John Hughes? You know, it's one of those things. Well, you gotta no, know. no, no, no. That was John. Ab that was John Appleton. No, uh, I know. See, see the wave says the moral of this episode was look before you leak. So there. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, there it's just all summed up in that thing, and it's so true. And I hope everyone takes that message home to them. That's what we're really hoping at that point. Uh, look before you leave. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it plays well. Jason also did a beautiful job uh, directing, you know, especially in the urination scene uh, where the guys are facing camera, and he brings in the policeman right between them. And, you know, just very subtly, he, he delivers the character, which is, you know, that's what directors need to do, and that's what sets him apart. I think one of the things we commented on that we loved that Jason did was in the intro of Professor Finley. He does oh, these yeah. sort of like rack focuses of rack focus <laughs> over the shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, and know, also when he coming the down hand, the ramps. The I love yeah. always coming down the ramps, using the ramps to build speed and power and, yeah. and all yeah, of that. Yeah. I thought that was very, very artful he, he was a skier he was a skier some yeah. kind of vague accident he says fly, this kind of cool he does say that he's he misses skiing or something along 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 those lines and that's what had happened to him he he references yeah, the skiing yeah. the skiing yeah, accident it's, it's very well done you know it's without being overdone i, like I mean i don't want to dive too deep into this because we did a whole episode about the finley speak but we do start seeing some of the language here, right? The negator. That's something that I think we, we talked about a whole Exter, bunch. Extern, extern is in there. And, and there's one word, like a Cessna or something like that, where, where Kelly has gotten a Cessna. And Claire gives yeah. her, Claire gives well, her a look like, what are you talking about? A what? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Namaste, uh, they well, use that, that, namaste, slong. So, I, but Larry, I'm curious for you because you and Ch you said you and Chip had some fun coming up with these this this language, right? The Finley's language. Yeah. So, what is that process like when you and Chip are throwing words out at each other like that? Well, you're just trying to make each other laugh, basically. It's just you know, but with a, with a sensibility, you know, like what was it, the maletting, the wedding, the, the maletting, wedding, the maletting. <laughs> Yeah. Trying to stay on the side of believability. That's fun stuff when you get to like free ball like that, you know? Right. It's not like plot, you know, stuff where you're really sweating like plot. Because basically, and Chuck knows this, uh, you know, writing is solving problems, basically. You're always solving problems. So basically, moving ahead in the plot, you're solving problems. And that can be hard sometimes. Well, I know that when Chip talked about uh, writing for Homeland, he said one of the, the things for him was that he had to make the impossible believable. So right. th there are things in this particular episode, particularly in the um, having to do with the with the you know the plot with the motorcycles and the bat steam bath, all of that, you know, that are implausible. That would not have happened. You wouldn't have been able to build it. You wouldn't have been able to do it. You wouldn't have been able to pop up all the different lodge, things yeah. about it. And so it had a magical, yeah. had a TV, a television quality to it, yeah. and yet was not. Uh, shallow. So I like that about it. But it still was TV, you know. See the Wave, another, I don't mean to keep going to See the Wave, but See the Wave says Larry Sellers also played a role in the dreams of Dylan McKay later in this season. Is that right? Is that, did that happen? Yeah, yes, I we think brought him the, back. Uh, you know, when they all kind of go to the, uh, the grave. Yeah, we brought him back. By, I think one of them is back, yeah. That's pretty cool. Back. Uh, and Allison says she almost fell off the couch when Larry said he hasn't seen Karate Kid. So there, Alice, be careful, Allison. <laughs> You don't know how many other movies he hasn't seen. Larry, tell him three <laughs> movies you haven't seen. <laughs> oh, God. I, three I, movies. I don't think I've seen three movies. Uh, I can't remember. How many, episodes of the, how many episodes of The Sopranos have you ever seen? Oh, no. I saw one. <laughs> I rest um, my case. 
Wow, that's upsetting to hear. That's such a it's such a yeah. classic show, Larry. What what's happened? <laughs> I, I don't know. Just uh, the mob stuff. What's the matter? You know, I, I rather hey, watch Fargo. You got Fargo. No respect. What are you gonna do? Hey. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk about Jamie Walters. What's cool about this Yay. is that we we all, we all love Jamie here. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, you know, we've talked to Jamie. We've done a lot of that with, with him. Uh, but revisiting this episode and getting to see a performance, which, by the way, of course, we know is probably not on Hulu or any of the places where you stream the show. That performance is probably eliminated. Uh, if the episode's even on, I don't even know. Um, but I'm curious for you, um, looking back on seeing Jamie's first performance, he looked, he looked great, man. It was great. This was the start of something, and it was going to be going for a long time is what you thought at that time. Yeah? Well, yes, and also the, band. Yeah. The, the production of it, you know, the backup singers, the this, the horns. I mean, clearly, again, a television moment, not something that was re realistically, could you put something like that together with a performer who had that much stage fright? You know, right. and uh, uh, but it all it just was, you know, so much fun to see it. It was the beginning of it. And, um, it, you know, it got it got sidetracked a little bit by the narrative itself because the music and, and Jamie is a music man that could have just continued and continued and continued. You could have spun off this show and and tried to keep that alive in some ways. I don't know exactly what, but I mean. You had I mean, that that, that's kind of what they did with the heist. I, that was the heist they did. They kind of tried to do that. I guess know, the, kind of the more yeah. the, the musician show. But I mean, I, you know, Jamie uh, really performed well because again, in those conditions, he obviously is is miming the songs. They didn't play live; they just listened to a track and stuff. But it's it, it's very exciting. Uh, yeah, it is pretty implausible, of course, that he's an unknown, but he's got like a seven piece uh, band there. Um, but you know, that was the faith they had in Donna. <laughs> Claire and Claire and David, you know, they 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 uh, let Donna get in there. It's good. I mean, it's very cute. With uh, I love Steve's line, by the way, when she says to Steve, I, "I can't, I can't get ready to to be worried about performance." He says, "Why don't you sleep with him?" <laughs> she does yeah. say that. He does say that. That's and, really uh, good stuff. Yeah, which is really a good shot in there. I thought, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. See the wave has another question. See the wave. Why aren't you just on the show here tonight? If they did not ride the motorcycles, how would the road trip plot run? Who'd drive? Who'd ride shotgun? What discussions would they have? I don't know. Uh, let me consult. I'll tell you what. I'll call Chip right now and uh, in the other room and find out. Tell riding it. And get back to you. Because okay. I no, we can't use motorcycles. Just... He has to have another idea now. We're redoing the episode. Oh, wait. oh, Phil Fan Fiction. How do we do it? There you go. Oh, oh it's the river. E-scooters. E e oh, no, I'm on the river trip. <laughs> do, 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 Chris wants to know, did Jason take the cheap green bomber jacket? He wore the same jacket later in the season. Oh, he stole everything up and down the board. He just anything. Just pocket it, walk out. They all did. They all, they all stole from us. <laughs> <laughs> Molly will That's great. Yeah, all right, let's take Molly, a look. Molly, you're out there. Yeah, Molly's watching the show. I invited her to come on and join us to talk about some of the outfits here. Hi, <clears throat> Molly. All right, let me show you this clip of something else that you guys did today. Of course, with no name. There's the Chuck and Karen. Uh, this is a this is our, our version of a hike. Uh, we're hiking now, thinking about Brandon and Dylan. 
And Chuck is, look, and Chuck been, is looking for... I, I've been looking for this horse with no name I've been told about. You know, we're in the desert, right? And I can remember my name, but where's the horse with no name? We I are going to search it. for this horse with no name. Uh, i, I, I got to find it. I, we've got to find, find the horse with no name. All right, so you're on this search for the horse with no name, yes? Yeah, and it gets more complicated. It gets life-threatening, actually, at one point. All right, let's see. Yeah, what yeah really. There's, there's some, yeah, go right to that. Okay. There was some... Here we are. Okay, okay. I, we ran into somebody walking the street, and they told us the, you could find horses with no name in the mountains, but look up there. I don't see any horse with no name. Where, are People, the, where is the horse with no name? They're just getting my hopes up for nothing. I'm so sorry. We just don't seem to be doing this. We can't seem to find the horse with uh, no name. But we're going to keep trying. Keep trying. Keep trying. All right. So, and then it became dangerous. All right. Let's see the next Very clip. Very dangerous. The next clip. We have been working hard for you because we have come to the desert and we, we, are, we have heard about there's a horse with no name. Larry, Larry, I think we found it. Eureka, we found it. Isn't that it? Isn't that a horse with no name? It is. Okay. Well, we've been to the desert. With the horse with no name, it and felt good to be back on the road again. The desert does not remember your name. That's right. In the desert, you can remember your name because there ain't no one there to give you no pain. No pain. No pain. My there it is. is You've heard it first. We're on the camping trip. Uh, you know, there was a one that, you know, it all would have made sense, people. You dropped one. Yeah, Pete just fucked it up. Sorry, <laughs> What are you this one? There was Where's the yoga one? The horse was a house ornament. So we had to get out in the wild. Now Chuck and I are walking, and what yep. do we see? Eureka, we found it again. Again. Again, there it is. Let's give it a name. Let's have a contest. Let's call it Kinto. Or Brenda. Brenda, yes. I think Brenda is a perfect name for it's that kind horse. Of original. And that's from Chuck also. You know, right. for all you Brenda, you've got bashers and bash Chuck. That is a mythical name. horse. A mystical horse of no name. We're giving the name Brenda. Unless it's a stud, oh. and his name could be Steve Sanders. Oh, well, it would definitely be Steve Sanders, yeah. or, yes, Steve Sanders. All right, there uh, you I don't know. I thought there was another clip. I, I do uh, not see this other clip, Larry. I am sorry if I have clip. missed it. Oh, I, I wanted to ask you, too, in this episode, Larry, there's a reference to, you sent me this link before, to Susan Powder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is Susan, Susan Powder? Powder? I'm going to send you this. Other. Susan Powder uh, was a, a motivational speaker of the 90s. She was like Marianne Williamson. You, you bet on the wrong pony. She had the, I think, I think she had the um, <clears throat> catchphrase, <laughs> stop the insanity, right? Yeah. Uh, let's I see. Yeah, I mean, I think Steve, I, I think I blame Steve Wasserman on that. But that is one of those things. It's. A, I was going to say that is one of those references that's mentioned. Where most of these cultural references sometimes throw us off, right? There's an episode where we were watching, and Brandon says you should have brought Bill Cosby, right? That was like, know, wow, that didn't land. That didn't. Land. <laughs> that didn't oh, land. No, Susan know, Powder is bad. just like I don't even know who who we're talking about. That's not even someone no, that's not. No, in, we, in the, we just yeah, we, you know, we, we, yeah. Usually we hit pretty good though. That's well, now I understand why. With the Susan Powder reference, you know, like three episodes, four episodes later, Jenny got a little snippy because 
Like we keep making references to people who nobody knows, like Susan Powder. Of course, that one was Dr. Kevorkian. And, you know, a lot of people know <laughs> oh, who yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, this is a Kevorkian. <laughs> so, yeah. You'd have never shared that story on the show. <laughs> well, Jenny, I love you. You know that. It just was, but you, know. you told us that. Let me just clarify what you're saying. That one time Jenny, and we love Jenny here. We can't wait for her to join us again one day. But you said that one time she said, why do you keep referencing people that nobody knows and she said, like Dr. Kevorkian, right? Yeah. yeah, she was a little mad. It was during a reading. But 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 the point being yeah. is I that she that. It, it didn't come out of left field. Now I know this because there was the Susan Powder mishap. I mean, <laughs> correct. if yeah. she would have said Mary Ann Williamson. Steve Wasserman. Maybe she was right in yeah. a way. Maybe yeah. she was actually correct because yeah. with the Susan Powder, who the heck is Susan Powder? You know, and now Dr. Kevorkian, well, what are you guys talking about? I you know, try to reflect today. Look, you know, Color Me Bad was on the show. <laughs> right, that's true. Dream on. I mean, and musically, you guys n- nailed it perfectly. You know, I mean, you had all the music of the 90s. Yeah, mostly. So, yeah. Mostly, yeah. Uh, that's really funny. All right. Uh, I, do you have another clip you're sending me, Larry, that you want me to? Oh, you did. Okay, let's see I, if I, I can. I thought I did, yeah. Well, this was the... the Hold up. Know, let me... Let me um, supposed to be in the middle. Give me one second but here. Yeah, I mean, you know, make, that was, it won't make any bit. sense now. That was the stuff I was saying. I, I was setting up. Oh, it was dangerous. It was dangerous. You did say that. You did well, say that. Well, it was kind of funny. I was talking about these middle, you know, <laughs> oh, matronly people, uh, you know, adults taking yoga. Like yeah. with the dangerous yeah. part, but okay. Wait a minute. Let's see. Oh, I had, hopefully, yeah. we're not live. Oh, wait a second. We are live. Jeff. We are live. Yeah, it's the, the clip. Live. Playing, so it's, it's just we're just From gonna have to we're gonna have to move past the it. Um, you know what's interesting too is happening in this episode. Well, at the end of this episode is that Dylan gets this phone call regarding um from Jonesy. Ooh. Yep, come running. Come down. Come back next show. week. We're We've got setting this. up the big episode. Which yeah. we've, which we've gone in. I mean, the the sweat lodge stuff and and the stuff that don't, that happens with um, Luke and Brandon is really, oh, really man. nicely written and really well done. And the act, the, you know, the two actors seem like they've had a really nice time doing working together and all of yeah, that. Yeah, they sure stuff. did. I felt the same way. That, that, that's really what came across. They knew that it was starting to they end. Pu- they pushed each Luke other, give, especially Luke for Luke. It, yeah, it was at this point Luke had given notice. So they, they knew it was, everybody knew it was ending right now, you know, so. I want to ask you guys both about the fact that Jason's a director. In the Patreon, we talked a little bit about that. And, you know, we had some fun about anytime there was an idea uh, that you wanted to do, you'd, you'd kind of get Jason. But I want to ask you, Chuck, as someone who was always pushing for Jason as a director, um, who saw it in him, you're starting to see the evolution of him as a director, especially here in in this episode. What are your thoughts on his direction and that evolution? And some, and I think you had a large part in probably helping him along that on that journey. To some extent, certainly here, but but you know he just exudes, exuded much more confidence. I think one of the things that I'm not a director, obviously, but you know you have to budget time, and I think that's probably. You know, and, and also I remember my, you know, our friend Josh Brand, um, you know, really one of the really fine TV writers of our generation who, you know, did St. Elsewhere and Northern Exposure and, and someone I was the privilege of working with on all those shows. He, he basically said he, he wasn't prepared for how physically exhausting it can be. 
you know, and and that was something I, I shied away from that. The idea that you were on the spotlight the whole time that you, you know, when you, well, had you to have make to get up very early split in the decision. morning and talk to actors all day. You got to talk to actors. That did not appeal to actors, me. No it's offense very to my good actors. And early in the morning and then you have to stay late. It's really a hard job. Other people can do it and then you can edit it. That's what's so great about being a showrunner. Larry, what about your thoughts on, on Jason's direction here? No, I, I love seeing the, the the stuff between them. And the uh, going going to what Chuck said about you know Jason was able to get you know a lot more you know from the company because he was Jason. But you look at the Peach Pit after dark. I mean, all the extras there. And like I said, he really wanted to bring excitement to that thing, and it's like over the top, but it's fantastic. Looking at it now, I mean, I don't think we've ever had a, a club that that busy and looking that. No, of course not. Yeah. So, so that was kind of fun, and it just I love the way sometimes he brought the two shots in and. You know, the hand, Finley's hand on Kelly. He just had nice attention to detail in the moments, which, you know, the unspoken moments in the, mm-hmm. in the show, you know. And then he has his good sense of improvisation, too. There's a couple of clips of his. Uh, he has a mildly uh, homophobic uh, one where he says, yeah, I'm going to be on your tailpipe. I'm not, 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 I mean, not metaphorically or whatever he says. <laughs> he kind of <laughs> implies some kind of a rear end kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I threw that out. Yeah, you know, he, he delighted in getting that by the censors. Um, the other thing, too, is at the Finley thing, Valerie wants nothing to do with it. You know, Valerie, um, you know, goes to the thing, and she is not brainwashed at all in this. Um, and it's good to have someone like that that sees it for what it is. And I think a lot of us identify with Valerie, right, that she goes to this thing, and she's not buying it. Well, well, the thing is about no. Valerie is that though she could have, had sure. she let herself be more open, uh, let, let, let's play devil's advocate for a second. Sure. She'd have been more open to it because one of the reasons that Kelly is vulnerable, of course, is the fire, as we talked about. Well, she had the suicide. She had things in her life, too. But rather than be open to, you know, looking at that specifically as a, as a kind of a launch pad for the rest of your life, she kind of had shut that down. And I guess ended up on a bluff at some point, right, Larry? In later seasons. So yeah, yeah. maybe she yeah, should have taken yeah. the fucking class. <laughs> maybe she yeah, I mean, needed to I get think, away I from think the Finley would have... like me. You know, I'm thinking she they could have married Finley could have married her off easily. It was uh, really, Finley should have married sure her. Totally. What a blunder. Would have, he yeah. really did botch that. <laughs> yeah. Um But you know, there, you know, there's some great though moment though we have in there, which uh, you know, Kelly's all agog because she got it's a $200 ticket to this seminar with the very popular professor, the charismatic uh, uh, Finley. And then Valerie comes in. She got the same thing because she also got an A-plus from the class. And yes. it's just such a def- deflate, deflating moment for Kelly. To, uh, exactly. It takes all the fun out of it. Takes it is cheap, always it good. Cheapens. It is also always good to see the Valerie-Kelly uh, tension brewing, right? It's always, it's always fun. Yeah, to- yeah. And they kept that alive the whole time, right? They did. Oh, the yeah, whole- yeah, yeah. The, the other thing is an unreliable narrator during the Peach Bay After Dark where Valerie just kind of like ogles Ray up on stage and we really linger on it and play a lot on it. And you kind well, of but, wonder, oh, is this she going to go after Ray? And then, of course, well, next episode. And then she does. She does. She does. Yeah, so I'm, but, I am does, cur- yeah. But, but I am curious about that. Was that something that Jason would have known? To do that, he would he have yeah, had that uh, thought, or is that something yes, he just every, we hello, script, we would have hello, the script. hello, you hello, he would have hello, 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 stop, 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 stop. <laughs> just, just let's not go down this at all. 
a showrunner has a meet. I had a meeting with every director of every episode 143 times, the tone meeting, and I would tell them what I would, why every moment in the script was in the script and what Amazing. we expected from him. And when directors it, it hit that mark, we were happy with the directors. And when they didn't, and they we didn't, we scolded them. <laughs> well, Jason clearly they wouldn't come back. Well, 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 another reason why Jason's yeah. a great director is because he's also an actor on the show, so he knows. They you speak know. actors speak a language. Larry kind of speaks that language too because he comes out of theater. Actors speak language; it's their own thing. And uh, you know, you, you're in. I mean, I used to be you know, in, the, in the audition things, and I, I you saw this with Jason. Jason would give like adjustments and go to the actor. You know, we need a little more. You know, uh, you know, and they go sure. <laughs> they would do it. <laughs> <laughs> never said what it was, but they know because they, they can kind of you know, you know. It's yeah, actually no no words, but they totally understand. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's really you know, really funny. You know, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think we've covered this. Is there anything that we're missing? We talked about the 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 stuff. Oh that... well, yeah. There's a there's one there's one quirky thing. Uh, the quirky thing is is that when the boys reach Lone Pine and stop to the uh, restaurant for the evening, and the uh, saucy waitress uh, has a nice apple pie conversation with them, that is the, at that time the wife of Wayne Huizinga, the uh, the guy who created Blockbuster and who for a brief time owned Spelling Television. Blockbuster owned Spelling, right? They yeah, did. Some of the episodes you'll see, it says Blockbuster at the end. Yeah, what is that about, Chuck? Do you want to talk about well, that or I mean, is that a whole smart. other episode? To... <laughs> when, when I went to work for Spelling Entertainment, they were a, uh, uh, at, the, at the time, they had been newly acquired by the company that basically was Chiquita Banana. United Brands, <laughs> out of Cincinnati, a man named Linder, very close. They lost him. You there? Did I lose everybody? Yeah, no, you're back. You're back. Did I just, did I lose everybody? Am I back? You did for, you're back now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I back? Chuck, how much uh, power do you have in your phone? Do you look at your, 3%. Uh, your, uh, are you okay? All right. Well, I'm is, done with this thing. Lot. Yost, finish it. I'm going to the pool there. Is that is that what we got to do? Yeah. I All right. Going. I got so to go the pool. Okay. Oh, hold Come on, on, everybody. Hold on. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? Pete, Pete, can you see Chuck? Can you see I Chuck? can see I'm Chuck. Blind, blind. What's going on? What are you guys going to do here? This is part of the thing. <laughs> Chuck, you know, are you still seeing Chuck, Pete? You're my we still here. see Chuck, yes. <laughs> okay, I don't want to waste it now. Chuck is he's in the pool. Who oh, is he, Chuck? He took his glasses off. He took his glasses off. And now I will swim. And that is Chuck live. We've never we, we can't do a second take on this. You can see him, right? I can see him. He looks great. We got him full throttle here in the pool. Chuck is looking good. I like what he's doing now. It's a kind of a comedy stroke. Doing a good stroke. It is a comedy stroke. It is a comedy stroke. It's like a Buster Keaton comedy stroke. This is a bonus material for the DVD, as if anyone has a DVD. So, uh, He's looking great, though. We'll see you next time. There you go. 
Uh, Larry, come back on. Let me see you, Larry, real quick. All right, so this was a great episode, man. Uh, we covered quite a bit yeah, here. I don't know about that, but at least we did this. Yeah, we gave it a shot. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> yes, I think it, it's a great episode. And, uh, yeah, we're still here, Chuck. And I wanted to say one of the things we're planning is you found some uh, dailies, and we're going to do a dailies episode soon. We're we're pl plotting. Okay. We're, you, we're, we plotted that. I think yeah. Chuck. We might have some extra dailies. We're working through some of that. So we're going to look at dailies and figure out how a show was put together with dailies. That's what we're going to we're going to do that here on the podcast at some point. So, OK, everybody, we will see you again next week. Chuck, Larry, have a wonderful evening. Enjoy yourselves in the desert. It's always great Thank to see you. you guys. OK. And uh, yes, there we go. Uh, that's it. Bye bye. All right. See you next week. OK, bye bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.